Welcome back, folks. Kind of going through a, a bunch of news the other day, and I, I caught an article that um, was published yesterday, uh, WGNO Rachel Hernandez, about this culture of noncompliance. We've talked about these four-wheelers and dirt bikes all over the city, popping wheelies. In fact, about three, four weeks ago, I was on Canal Street. I was running some errands, and uh, there's a guy on a dirt bike going down the neutral ground, uh, on the um, on the tracks um, on Canal Street, and literally popped a wheelie for like four blocks. And I'm making my way down Canal Street, going through the lights, and and all of a sudden he he while on one wheel pulls pulls over to the right and crosses three lanes of traffic and makes a right hand turn, still popping the wheelie. And people are slamming on their brakes. They're looking around, shaking their heads and everything else. And folks are asking why. Well, this is part of this culture of noncompliance because there's been little or no enforcement for years relative to these four-wheelers, and especially since we have a no-chase policy in the city of New Orleans. Um, they, they just take off and start running, and it's hard to catch them. Well, thankfully, the New Orleans Police Department the other day caught six on a North Claiborne Avenue corridor. And not surprisingly, uh, none of the uh, bikes that they were operating were registered vehicles to be on public roads. So there's problem one. They're not even supposed to be on a public road. They're not designed to be on a public road. And I, I would venture to say that probably none of them had helmets on. But three of them did have something kind of interesting that they had on their person. What do you think it was? No, it wasn't a Kris Kringle. It was a gun. They were illegal carrying firearms as well. This is what happens when you really involve yourself and get intrusive relative to the culture of noncompliance. What you're going to find and what appears and what is apparent is one thing. What is not revealed and less apparent is something else. And in this case, it was guns. Because we know that they're out there uh, really pushing the edges of the envelope. They know that in many cases they're really trying to cause and stimulate a conflict to occur while on the highway because they're violating all the rules. They don't you know, a red light, that's just a mere suggestion. They don't care about that. They just blow right through red lights. And then when somebody pelays them, you know, uh, they, they want to try and sue everyone. And we wonder why we have the insurance uh, debacle that we find ourselves in. It's because of idiots like this. So it was really rewarding to, you know, and it felt good to read about the fact that they took down Six of these individuals, and no big surprise, one of them was a juvenile, and they were all charged with illegally operating unregistered vehicles on public roads. Three were charged with illegal carrying firearms, and the best part of this whole thing, in addition to all of that, is that the NOPD confiscated all of that, the five four-wheelers, the one dirt bike, and the three handguns, and I'm sure they're going to be running these vehicles out to see whether or not they're stolen or not. And hopefully, you know, if they are, they'll be charged with that, too. Now, that gets to the other problem, right? 
Non-enforcement leads to non-compliance. Somebody just said, is it non-compliance or non-enforcement? It's both. One leads to the other. They're not mutually exclusive. If you don't enforce, what happens, more and more people, you know the old adage, you give an inch, you take a foot, take a foot, give a foot, they take a yard. Well, that's what goes on here. That's why you got to be on top of this day in and day out, or, or otherwise you end up with a problem like we have here in the city of New Orleans that becomes untenable. You can't really police it any longer. It's gone on all over the place. I mean, how many times have you been downtown and not seen a four-wheeler or a dirt bike? I could pretty much say never. Pretty much every every time this year that I've been downtown, I've seen them. And it's getting to the point of being ridiculous. But the next problem is kudos, NOPD makes the arrest, impounds the the uh, four-wheelers and the dirt bike, confiscate the handguns. Now we're in stage two, right? We all know what stage that is. What's the bond going to be for these knuckleheads? Curious as to what kind of record they may or may not have. And then three, whether or not there's going to be a proactive, aggressive prosecution of these individuals. The individuals, the three that had the guns, that should be a no-brainer, right? Should be a no-brainer. The others, maybe, I don't know. But something needs to happen, more than a slap on a wrist. And they need to realize that we're not putting up with this crap anymore. Just get a text, these thugs are running rampant in Algiers every day, every night, up and down, blocking cars, doing wheelings. They, they think they own the road. And then the moment in time that you might get aggressive, the first thing that these cowards are going to do is pull a gun. I mean, that, that's, that's how this story reveals itself over and over and over again. So hopefully we will be reading in the very near future that there are more arrests that are being made of these individuals, that they get more strategic, uh, meaning the police department and how they want to take down these individuals, because what is readily apparent is not always the case. There's something else going on. And in this case, it was firearms. Next week, it'll probably be drugs. Uh, The week after that, who knows what, right? Maybe it'll be the knucklehead that got out of the OJJ state facility, and maybe he's on one of these bikes. You never know what little nuggets you're going to end up with when you start taking these folks down for these activities, as I said before. The activity in and of itself in, in the hierarchy of crimes in the city may not be that great, right? But you never know what lies underneath. And I hope they do something because there's no doubt the members of the NOPD, they risk their lives, they put themselves at risk. Uh, these folks don't care. Um, you know, they'll put everybody at risk. It doesn't matter. And we should be able to take all of that into consideration when we're dealing with these knuckleheads. For sure. But this is just another byproduct of this culture of non-compliance. And it 
it reveals itself in many, many ways. We've seen it in the French Quarter. We've seen it in our communities. We see it all the time. Right? Park wherever we want, do whatever we want, when we want, how we want, block streets, don't get permits, uh, set up a parade. You know, and the moment you say anything, you're, you're, you're called all kinds of, of names uh, because you just want to know, well, how does this work? And, you know, if you're going to be inconvenienced, can somebody let us know so I can maybe make alternate plans because I may be going to the hospital for surgery that morning or whatever. It's absolutely amazing that no one takes into consideration any of this. And this culture of noncompliance has permeated city government, too. I mean, you heard uh, the OIG on the show with Tommy Tucker this morning talking about something that you probably had to deal with uh, since you started working, maybe when you were 16. Yeah, yeah, you know, that really complex, complicated thing um, that is kind of a new evolution. Yeah, you remember, you know what I'm talking about, right? The timesheet when you go to work? Yeah, yeah. It's been around a while, I think, right? But you read the report and you begin to wonder, what what the hell? What's going on? We don't we have policies on the books that are fundamentally unenforceable. They're thirty years out of date and they still exist in the policy manuals of New Orleans city government. And we think it's a good idea to travel all over the country about climate. And we think that's really the most pressing issue as opposed to paying people. Uh, I think what would they say? It's over $450 million in payroll related expenses and that's not a priority, that the people that we're paying are actually showing up for work. No, not, not at all. It's more of a priority that we calculate every individual individual's carbon footprint. You're not sure what that actually means in the most part or, and how we're going to end up enforcing any of this. But still today, a challenge in in city government in the city is actually accounting for people that they actually show up for work. It's interesting. There's no audit trail. There's no anything. Most people now, fingerprint, ocular, whatever, you show up, you check in, you check out. There's an audit trail set up. Uh, we had that at the sheriff's office, any forward. I mean, we weren't the first to market on that, not by any stretch of the imagination. But every forward-leaning organization, for the most part in the world today, is able to account for their people when they're at work, what they're paying them, and otherwise. Not us, because it's not a priority. We don't care that the head of juvenile services hadn't checked into the building for a lengthy period of time. Not a big deal. This organization will run itself. We're entitled to that position. This is like mailbox money. It's like having rental income. 
And now that we automatically and electronically deposit a check in your checking account, I don't even have to be burdened with going to the office to pick up my payroll check. Because that would be a burden, an inconvenience to actually show up at work and get an envelope. These are the kind of crazy things that we see going on, and we kind of just bypass them, overlook. You can't overlook any of this. Not ever. This is where you've got to have this accountability thread that runs through everything that we do, and we have to take it seriously. You know, it's interesting. The mayor doesn't even hardly ever respond to these things anymore. It's almost as if we want to get through that initial news cycle, and why would we want to bring that up again and address it, right? Now, she's addressing the breaking story yesterday that the federal authorities are asking questions of all kinds of things, and um, she says, I don't do favors, and I'm not that may or may not be what they're looking at. It seems as though they're asking a lot of questions of what favors were done for her. The question is, do you receive favors? All of this in order to run a file, run a file of law does not require quid pro quo, right? I mean, so let us look beyond all of that and let us not be misled. And I'm not going to say a whole lot about it because I really don't know what they have or they don't have or, or whatever. But it's interesting that, you know, that becomes the priority in, in addressing that, that situation. But when you're talking about all of the machinations of the running of city government and governments, we don't want to talk, we don't want to talk about that. We don't want to talk about um, the, the, the uh, foundation, uh, you know, the fact that we're giving money, public money away. We don't want to talk about that. We don't want to talk about any of these things. And I think we're on, what, number six, seven, eight, or nine as it relates to leaders of departments or otherwise that have been replaced and um, have you know, embarrassed the city uh, publicly, embarrassed themselves with their conduct. It's all about accountability, but we don't want to talk about it. That all brings us back to this culture of noncompliance and one that we should be very concerned with and accountability. Because it's permeating everything, and it continues to permeate. And it's why I believe, and I said this yesterday, and I believe it, and I hope, and and I'm waiting to hear what the outcome is going to be of these groups that were put together by governor-elect, by the governor-elect, and we'll move forward from there, Jeff Landry, and see what, what what we'll do with the state police. I say give them territory, give them geography, have them be responsible for all crime that goes on in that particular area. That way they've made a significant commitment. Uh, And then you can move those officers that are working in that area somewhere else. And it would be interesting to see how that would turn out because we've yet to do it. We've yet to really make that commitment. Just do it. It would be interesting because I think it would take a very mature organization to recognize 
that strategically and operationally might be the best approach. Or are we really concerned about whether or not we're not going to get the PR or we're not going to get to establish the relationships or uh, what we're doing with business owners in the French Quarter or otherwise? At this point in time, I don't think any of that really matters, does it? It shouldn't. We should put our best foot forward to make sure that we're providing the most effective and efficient law enforcement right there. That's the mother load. That's the jewel. That's what draws people to this city. And it doesn't mean we can't do it, and you're not really sending that message. It means you don't have the manpower to do what's necessary. So just get beyond it. Call it a day. And turn it over and see if we can work out a situation where they locate a troop there, they put enough people there to cover the geography there, and make a difference there. We can always modify and change and go back. It's not going to be an issue. We'll be right back, 504-260-1870 on the Oakland Heart Jewelers Talk and Text Line. would love to hear from you. Stay with us.